You're listening to Girls Gone Canon, covering his dark materials. Hello and welcome to Girls Gone Canon Watches, a trailer breakdown for His Dark Materials Series 3. I'm one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. You may remember that back in July, back in July, these two (laughs) girls that I know thought that there was going to be a trailer at San Diego Comic-Con. There was not. We were wrong. We speculated (gasps) immensely about what we were going to see. (laughs) We were right on some of that. We were wrong on a lot of that, too. I don't even remember what we said. Like I said, I don't know her. (laughs) I think we, I know we said, like, oh, you gotta show the Mulefa. You gotta show the Mulefa. I think I said you couldn't. They weren't going to, because I think, uh, I think I was saying they're not done. (laughs) Yeah, that's for freaking sure that they're not. I think that's true. I really can't wait to see them, though. I'm getting itchy. Um, But this this tided me over on some of the cool stuff they did for other things. (laughs) Even though we already did a trailer speculation breakdown, we're now going to do a trailer breakdown today, a one-shot, a 30-minute, easy, casual episode with you all chatting about this trailer because... New York Comic Con, yesterday they dropped this trailer. Today it finally came to the public, to us peasants. I I got teary-eyed. Did you get teary-eyed? I did. I don't know. It's like a lot of things. Like, obviously the emotions of knowing what's going to happen and them kind of hinting at those scenes. But also just like, Mm -hmm. you know, we just ended the book series recently. We just finished the third book. And then, like, watching the story end again. And it's just like a story that, you know, we've gone through so many times already. That I've lived through so many times. It's just like sad See, you know, it's like saying goodbye to a good friend. It, it's also fucked up because we just did this in what? It took us like a year to get through the Amber Spyglass doing one episode at a time or so, or a year and a half, I should say, doing one chapter or two at a time. And now we're, what? We're, <laughs> we're doing it in like a one month shot because they also revealed it's going to be two episodes per week. Yeah, it's, that's pretty heavy. They're dropping two per week. We do not know what we're doing yet, so don't ask us. We'll figure it out, we promise. But two episodes per- I have to get through the Amber Spyglass in one month. Emotionally massacre me in one month. Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely doable, but it's like... <sighs> haven't our feelings gone through enough already? We're going through House of the Dragon right now, and you have to like re-read the whole book in like about a month, and then, like, do it all over, do all the pain all over again? Did we not just go through this pain, like, a month or two ago? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I don't know. I I can't believe I am ready to rip my heart open again, but I am, and this trailer definitely proved it. So let's jump into this breakdown of shot by shot of what we saw in the trailer. Some of it I think, you know, I watched it kind of on slow-mo just to get the feel of some of the smaller details, and If you're not a book reader, you might be like, what the fuck's happening? If you're a book reader, half the story is right there. Yeah, and also, if you are not a book reader, and you do not want to be spoiled for what will likely happen this season because they are adhering very closely to the books, unlike our coverage of His Dark Materials, this is a completely spoilers-all discussion. So... I mean, we'll, we'll see you come time. Actually, not then either, because we will probably discuss the story in totality when we cover the show, as we did last time. So, um, yes. see you after the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're ready to get spoiler-filled and sad. So, the first shot 
we see of the teaser is Lyra, Will, and someone else, question mark, walking through a narrow hallway with a bright light and fog. It's kind of industrial looking. There's fog at the end. Makes me wonder if this is them either before Land of the Dead or exploring their deaths even. I do not know who this person is with them. It might be them definitely already in the location of the suburbs of the dead and they're either entering the suburbs of the dead or as you said, right, getting to like the port where the mm-hmm. where the dead are transferred from the suburbs of the dead and this is like a the worker there, right? Who's like, uh, you're not allowed to go. I don't know if I'd say I was surprised necessarily, but I, I did when I saw the way the land of the dead looked. It's very much corporate, right? It's very much exhausting. Looks like my job. Looks like going to the office every day. And they did nail that. It might not be your first thought, but it looks very that normal. That is actually kind of the impression that I got from, especially closely reading it this time through, that that's how we're supposed to feel about the suburbs of the dead. Like it definitely felt like a sort of critique on that yeah it just feels like every day when i get up to work in the office yeah and how they'd have like celebrities as their uh their photographs on the wall instead of like themselves and stuff like that we say as we do our pop culture podcast (laughs) (laughs) the next shot's kind of interesting asriel is opening a window with stelmaria and he looks very pleased and this is a huge window that opens up and it's in broad daylight which is kind of crazier to me because we've only really seen the big window the burst of energy window which is what it looks like opening at night right in the first season yeah, I couldn't tell if this was like him opening it or if it was someone else opening it from the other side and he's like, oh, someone's here or something like that. But I was like, if he's opening it, I'm just like, Lord Azrael, stop killing kids. Yeah, I, you couldn't see a kid. Doesn't mean he didn't kill one. To, it could be behind to the window. To be fair, I guess we don't really see him actually kill another kid. So maybe he did it once and now it's a talent he has forever. I just don't know. Maybe you only have to kill one kid to get it down. Uh, yeah, I never got the impression that he did it again, but I guess he must have, right? Or found other windows because he does set up shop in a world that is different from the world that Chitigatse is in. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess the windows. All of the many windows of Chitigatse. Yeah. but Or someone else like shows him another way to do it because he is getting people from different worlds. I don't know, because, I mean, the knife doesn't kill anyone in order to open windows so maybe he finds another way but well that's not necessarily true every time the knife opens a window it does create a specter so yeah that is true (laughs) which that's where the child sacrifice sacrifice comes in i guess too it's just not immediate that's true um but it's also i like the voiceover for uh when they show lord azrael they're like things in this world that you cannot understand and you think that it's about how you can't understand whatever like metaphysical thing he's doing but also that she can't understand her parents right like that lyra's parents are very much enigmas and she's never really able to connect with them there there's that easy thing as a kid like you there's a part of your parents you won't ever understand and lyra's relationship to asriel and to marisa is very much that it's about all those bigger themes not ironically i guess that's the point is at the very end of the book is that she has to come to terms with those themes for herself for her first love absolutely and she never as far as we know since this is spoilers all she still like doesn't even know what's happened to them that's still a mystery yeah and i think she knows something happened 
though. Like, she can tell now because it's been so long. But even in Secret Commonwealth, it's not clear and it's obvious that everyone's like, oh, poor Lyra. <laughs> poor yeah, like, I mean, she must know that Lyra. her mother's not necessarily i guess at least in this world or probably alive because she's like wow interesting my mom hasn't tried to kidnap me in i don't know a couple of years she must be dead (laughs) yeah because like that was our thing right she would just come she would try to kidnap me speaking of which you know the next scene is marisa and the monkey telling lyra i know you won't believe me but i'm doing this for you yeah they're in front of a bunch of boulders and it does make me wonder if this is outside of the cave Maybe, you know, after she's first awakened after being poisoned by Coulter. Yeah, which is also interesting because it's brief and they don't have that moment in the books, right? Like, Lyra is completely asleep the whole time. I wonder if they're going to move some of the timing to make it more... To make it a little more ambiguous, right? To have the Magisterium show up a little early and they almost have to work together to get out and they part ways. Obviously not right then, but when Lyra does get free, it's because the magisterium and the war that's happening. That's the way she's able to kind of bloop out. It kind of leaves Marisa dealing with the fallout from the magisterium and going back and forth between them and Asriel. And she really has a lot to do this season. It does make sense. Like, I think by the end of the second episode, Lyra has to be awake, right? There's no way it's more than the first or second episode. And that's also going to be helpful that they're dropping the two episodes in one week because then it'll get you through that two episode arc. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Well, then Pan runs on a log and then turns into a bird in the sky. It's totally just the angle of TV magic, but I was at first like, oh my god, are they separated? I had to think about it for a minute. They are obviously not. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just like part of their their like straining intentionally so that he can like kind of see I, he they did this like slightly of that distance right when she was running oxford, through the yeah. streets of oxford in in our world or so i wish they had made it a little clearer i mean there there's stuff in season two especially though that's not fair of me to say that's uncharitable there's stuff in series two where you can see the actual strain but it's just so hard because it's like what's the actual limit hmm and it becomes important for this but also when you've got that adrenaline coursing mm-hmm. through you, maybe it doesn't hurt as much, you know? Like, it hurts, but, like, adrenaline helps dull They're the pain edging. for, like, They're a demon brief edging. amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I say this because, you know, my my legs were sore yesterday, but my best friend made me. She's like, oh, let's use these, like, bike shares to go home. And I was, I was dying. I was absolutely dying. And then when we got off, I was like, the adrenaline is helping keep my yeah, legs from being you. sore the from the day you. before. You know, I was like, oh, my legs feel fine. And she's like, yeah, it's because you worked out the lactic acid. But no, after the adrenaline left, it's like, I'm in pain again. <laughs> well, that said, oh my God, that said, Pan, it's obviously the first half yeah, of the season, true, true, true. A, because Pan's there. Because <laughs> Pan's like missing for a good quarter of the season. And then B, because he yeah, changes I mean- into a bird. So he's still changing, and he stops changing as much into different forms exactly. in the and end Pan, of the book. Pan so. leaves during those those episodes so that we can take the budget from Pan and give it to the Malefa and everything else that we're going to see in this season, as shown by the trailer. Thanks, <laughs> <real> Pan. One. <laughs> wow, they really should adapt Secret Commonwealth. Serafina, Asriel, and Agunway walk out like badasses. This was awesome. It was great to see them walking, but then they walk out and there's just like a field of witches in the sky ready for battle at Asriel's place. 
I'm so excited. And Ruta Scotty's there as well. Yeah, she is there, which is great. That She's present. Hopefully they're expanding her role. It's interesting that, like, because Serafina, as far as we know, right, doesn't really join or directly work with Lord Asriel in the books. So they're they're kind of giving that to Serafina, which makes sense because she's a name brand character now. Yeah, I mean, you have to yeah. give her something to work with. Let's be real. There is this gorgeous outfit that Coulter is wearing. It's flashy, it's empirical, it's purple with some jewels in it, some great sleeves. It's a blouse or a dress, but I love it. Oh, so beautiful. The purple is very gorgeous on her. So I'm guessing this is before she is being cast completely down from the magisterium. Uh, But Miss Thing is like, yeah, I showed up at my work where everybody just wears black or white, wearing purple today. Yeah, very royal. She's great. She's true royalty. Yeah. And then we have uh, our best friend, Yorick Bernison, roaring, surrounded by guys that don't seem so nice. And then later we see Yorick attacking the same men. I was very excited when I saw Yorick. The very first thing that popped into my head was how happy so is happy. wifey going to be? And then, like, okay, happy. I know we're not Eliana's there yet, but I'm jumping ahead. And right then Yorick and Lyra hug, and I was like, this is the best. I'm so happy. That brought a tear to my eye. It brought a little tear to my eye. Just a little. Will walks with an angel. We don't know if it's Baruch or Balthamos yet. We have some speculations. I really, really love what they've done with the angels, though, yeah. and how they look here. It's interesting. It's like a person. However, then it's almost like there's a filter over it that has the angely filter over it, which I think is perfect, because I was just thinking it would be like yeah. a see-through person. It it does look very cool. Um, I'm that's probably where a lot of the budget is going to. You know, I think what one of you, someone said in the Discord that they revealed that the angels were actually much more difficult to animate or CGI than the than the Malefa, which makes sense because you're kind of also trying to render what would be seen through their bodies, right? Because they're somewhat see through, but not entirely. Yeah, they're slightly translucent, and it's almost like they're wearing, like, a translucent mask over the entire body or putting a mask over it that just is, like, translucent and shiny. But it doesn't look fake, and it doesn't look too uncanny valley, which is nice. Like, that's kind of nice about it. That's what you would want. Yeah, which is great, because, I mean, the idea of the angels and that they're also communicating through through all of these devices is actually kind of creepy, right? And... Also, I, my assumption would be that this is Balthamos, but just because Will spends more time wandering with Balthamos, but who really knows? Well, and that's interesting because then we get that shot later of another angel, and I don't know if it's Baruch or Balthamos, but it could almost be an angel in trauma, in torment, being tortured. Could even be Metatron, honestly. Oh. We just don't know yet. We didn't get a great look. I'll have to rewatch. I don't think I caught that. And then we have Mary, who is in this ginormous tree. Our first shot of Mary, we get her in a different tree, or maybe the same tree later. This tree is huge. It has a ginormous trunk, almost like the size of a giant bobsled. I don't know, it's huge. And she's looking up in this tree. And we do see another shot of her at some point where she is looking up, and she has a certain lacquered piece of amber, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making the spyglass. I love that we get that entire chapter. Absolutely. And um, I wonder if like this tree is particularly big or not, because as we know, all, all the trees right in the Malefa world are very, very, very thick. And I like uh, her coming out of the tree, right? It's kind of like she was meditating in there, maybe, I don't know, doing something kind of 
mystical as we see she's something of a uh what would probably be called a shaman another one of those spiritual people as well within the story and or scholar you know and yeah it also reminds me of a uh, Korra in <laughs> the legend of Korra meditating in the trees yeah that's really uh, that's great since we have her in series two and in the book with her Yijing and kind of some of the spiritual plane connections um and there's that shot of a shaman later in the trailer her exploration on top of that that kind of psychic connection is great to watch yeah, and we'll probably dig into this. We've talked about trees and what they mean, etc. in some of our book coverage, but also this is only a trailer and are in the middle of the workday. <laughs> Next up, we have soldiers from the Magisterium, specters, looks like attacking those soldiers, and of course, King Commander Ogunway. Yeah, they changed his name for this. Yeah, title. they changed him to just Commander, which I was surprised about, and I will be calling him a king until I die. King, Commander, a gunway, in my yeah. opinion. I put respect upon it. But he does get some lines in the trailer, which is great, so I do hope they use that to actually expand his role a little bit. He does tell Asriel try not to die when Asriel is flying <laughs> the intention craft in the next shot, which I, I like that we see the intention craft being flown already. I love... James, James McAvoy. You can see Asriel is kind of using a similar method even to the alethiometer as he pilots the intention craft, trying to Ooh. slip into how you would read that or the Yijing. And Ogunway says, try not to die. I'm wondering if he will have some sort of stakes this season, right, of, of why he so wants to join Asriel's cause. I agree. I'm hoping they flesh out King of Gunway. As you know, that was something that I was kind of like, what do you mean he's just like an African king in in the books? I was like, where? It's a whole ass continent. Where? And I though they have it with the line of Azrael saying he's gathering like the best leaders and commanders and stuff from all over the different worlds. And I've never considered that King of Gunway actually might not be from the same world as both Azrael and marisa until now so that's that's something that i never thought of that's very possible right oh that could actually make some sense with how the different worlds are off compared to pullman's map right like one world lays on top of one another but just not quite though that said yeah. it could also be that africa that coulter goes on her student scholar trip to <laughs> Which also yeah, would make sense, we've talked about, trip. right, that, yeah, that the Magisterium has started trying to push and colonize there, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's why he joined. And also, I, I just think the thing of trying not to die is so funny, because as we know, Azrael does the opposite at the end, for good reasons, but... For once, um, yeah. And then also, what you were saying about the intention craft and him thinking thinking and concentrating on it the, the same way as the alethiometer. It's funny because um, actually the shot, right, of the intention craft behind him, there's a spinning motion, something spinning behind him, which um, then also reminds me of the alethiometer because uh, you like do that connection. Just like the alethiometer. That's really yeah. smart. The hands of the alethiometer and the hands of the intention craft. Or blades, I don't know, because it's a helicopter-y thing? I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like a helicopter, mm -hmm. but it looks like a giant insect. It's got like all these little arms and we get to see it fly across worlds and warp speed, like Star Trek style, through the sky, which is kind of neat. We see a snowy mountain appear 
before <laughs> Lyra and Yor joyfully embrace, reunited. Oh my god. And she's so big. Holy shit. Can we talk about them? They're huge. They're old. What oh, happened I know. there? They grew Pure- up. Well, I mean, they're at that age, right? Puberty. Like, you go through a lot of changes and I'm like, oh my god, they look so different from the first season. But I mean, that's to be expected. But also, she's like, hey, Will, meet my dad, Yorick. And they're what beautiful. I <laughs> Yeah, I love the meet the parents scene. I'm like, I'm just astounded by how grown up Daphne Keen is and how even to Yorick, like you can see the difference of size from series one to season three for her against Yorick. Uh, and that hug is so sweet. He looks so soft. I would like to pet him. He does look really soft. Like he looks incredibly soft. No, I know he's not uh, real. He's real. He is uh, to me. Even though they should have cast me. They should have cast me as Yorick. He's real. <laughs> we get a shot of Coulter with shadows fallen over her, telling someone that her love for Lyra and how much she cares about her safety and protection has cost her everything. True. And the next shot, it's true. It's very true. The next shot, then, is Coulter being led handcuffed down a hall by Magisterium soldiers. Interesting. Or is it Magisterium soldiers, or it could also be... Asriel's? Yeah. I think it's Magisterium, because if you look at the handcuffs, they look very official. So you don't think this is part mm-hmm. of, uh, as we described, Mrs. Coulter and Azriel's kink? I mean, yes, it's just, I just thought the handcuffs looked way too official. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm just thinking that, like, maybe they give her, like, pampered prisoner treatment, right? Like, when they have her in the room and stuff at the Magisterium, and that's when she's wearing that? I don't know. But it could be either. Yeah, I'm not sure. One, it's one of them is one of them, yeah. right? Like I, I can't figure out which one is which. But she's obviously being captured multiple times in this. Oh, how the turntables! Yeah, by the Magisterium multiple times too. Like there's two more times that she's captured. One of them by the Magisterium later with the locket, and so maybe, maybe these are Asriel's soldiers. They didn't look like them as far as outfit wise, though, that I could tell either. Mm, that's true. I, I don't think I watched it as many times as you did, and also not on slow mo. So. Well, I only say it because in the Azriel shots, his fellow compatriots here, they're all wearing, like, kind of almost camouflage, mm. question mark? Like, they're wearing uh, jackets that are brown and red and green, which, wow, I didn't really think about that till this moment, but they're wearing kind of camouflage patchwork hmm. cloaks, you know, multicolored yeah. patchwork, you know, like Kirjava. Oh, it reminds me of Kerjava, the way that their army coats look. So, interesting. It is interesting. Interesting that he, and, and it's representative of Asriel, right? Like, it's representative of bringing all these worlds together for the final rebellion, as the trailer tells us. So I love that the costuming reflects that his army isn't just wearing militant black like a Star Wars villain. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense also because they are trying to fight this, like, an actual war, right? For them to be doing it uh, with camouflage. I imagine they'll actually be harder to spot in the ground under beneath the clouded mountain. Yeah. But it's interesting to see. They want, Also, I think we wanted to be able to see them in the fight like against the Magisterium. I, I'm sure that's part of the other uh. choice that they don't just put them in black militant clothing because how would you tell during the scenes who's who? You'd be having this conversation that we're having right now. <laughs> Well, then next we see an angel again, but this one seems to be in torment. Yeah, it looked like maybe an angel being tortured, which I don't like. Yeah, I don't think I can think of a moment when this happens exactly, because I know that Baruch gets into a fight with some angels on his way 
to Azrael's forces, but does not get captured. So I don't really know. But uh, yeah, maybe it'll parallel Mrs. Coulter questioning uh, the witch. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It definitely looked like they were in torment. But then again, it, I couldn't quite see closely enough. It could have been. It could absolutely have been maybe Metatron. Who knows? Oh, maybe it's back. That's very interesting. Yeah, I agree. It looked like torture, but that could be. Mm-hmm. It could be. Hmm. Or could it be like the authority? Well, no, they wouldn't. They haven't shown us the authority. I don't think they're gonna. They were. They. They're kind of dancing around. You know, this is the final boss and also how do we deal with the backlash of we're killing god right <laughs> and maybe it's just changing someone's fate too that could happen yeah Who knows? i mean it, they it, obviously they have to fill out all this time so it's something that they could have added yeah there's so much to do but then in some aspects there's also so little to adapt in some areas yeah. so it's kind of a fun balance to see what they choose to expand on and i know we love our made-up His Dark Materials scenes. Like last season, we had a couple really great ones expanding on some backstory for characters like Coulter. One of my favorite scenes is the one where she's like fighting with Charles Latrum and she's like, we were talking about me. I'm like, yeah, tell him. Tell him, bitch. Uh, one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> I actually, now that now that you're talking about like the, the meta aspect of the filming and the production and filling things out, part of why they filled some of those scenes out was because... Daphne and Amir were both young actors and couldn't work longer. Now that we can see that they're older, I actually am curious if they have, have they aged out of those labor laws and can film more? I have no idea. I don't know. I I haven't checked their exact ages nor like the age for those laws for them to be able to work longer and therefore have more screen time. But I know that that was a big reason. Good timing though for series three. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We get a shot of a boat streaming across the water. If you look closely, you yes. can see Yorick in the back of that boat. Yes, so I'm wondering, I'm guessing we'll see where that leads to. Then we have, a, oh my god, my heart, my heart is breaking. We have a shot of Lyra lying alone on a dock and then alone again in the foggy darkness, speaking to Will about how Roger talked yeah. to her. I, this is very random, but not, but she's wearing like this like sweater um that has a zipper and i'm like are they gonna introduce lyra to zippers i want to see how lyra feels about zippers <laughs> like the last bit of happiness she had before she right because i don't think they have zippers in lyra's yeah. world so i just want to know no they and don't. yeah uh her hair twirling and stuff and yeah it's so sad her on the dock i guess sort of prophesying it a little but also she's got that you know, Gen Z middle part. She does. Oh her hair looks so good. No, her hair looks fucking amazing. I'm really glad you said that because A, Coulter got mm. a haircut. I don't know if you yeah, noticed. Yeah. Marisa got a haircut and it looks very nice, full of body. But oh my God, Daphne's hair is so bouncy and voluminous. And like, she she could be a She really could. Commercial. That hair twirl. I was like, on. get it, girl. Good for you. Yeah, in the foggy the foggy shot where she turns looking yeah. fearful and upset. I'm like, I know I should be feeling fearful and upset, but I'm also like, girl, what'd you use in your hair today? Absolutely. You know what that is? Hit that's, me those that's the messages. Trauma. <laughs> Actually, the my trauma. hair should be better if that were the case. Anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah, sister. <laughs> we get to see a shot of the land of the dead. And as we mentioned, it looks great. It looks uh, perfect. Like now I'm like, this is what I should have expected. 
And if you look closely, you can see they are all very desaturated. All of the clothing they have them dressed in is desaturated palette-wise, and Lyra is at the middle in her blue and red outfit she's wearing. And you can kind of see them almost gathering to her, just like in the story. Oh my gosh. And then we get the shot of a harpy swooping in, and the harpies are crazy looking. In an interview, they did say that the harpies were going to look a little reptilian in some mm-hmm. ways. And they definitely do. They look very turtly in the face. <laughs> they do they look still have a woman's body and big old, big old wings, but they do look turtly. That's actually, that's true. They do look turtly. That, yeah, that's not, I think, the reptile I would have picked, but that makes sense for the choice that they made. And also, uh, I mean, technically birds are considered warm-blooded reptiles now, is my understanding, based on us knowing that they've evolved from dinosaurs. It makes sense to me. Yeah, though I, okay, I will say, like, this is, this is something that I'm sad about. I'm not, I'm not a book purist in that way, but I do, I did kind of want and was looking forward to weird, like, faces. Yeah, I think it works, though, um, because it's definitely, you can see it's feminine, like, bodied, which is weird, but I do think it works uh, almost from, like, the wisdom of turtles. That makes sense. They, they, like I guess, are wi- But I also turtle. don't associate turtles with being mean. But it does, it does That's make true. sense. I understand why they did this choice. It might not have read well when they tried uh, rendering it. But it is something that, like, I think is one of those things that looks so bizarre and doesn't work. And that's why. That's what we think of from mythology, right? Like, the. Because you're like, this is a bizarre idea and also within the context of the books but probably does not read well you know you were talking about the uncanny valley probably doesn't just read well on on like a screen yeah because so in in his dark materials in the amber spyglass this is the exact quote of what the harpies should look like a great bird the size of a vulture with the face and breasts of a woman will had seen pictures of creatures like her and the word harpy came to mind as soon as he saw her clearly Her face was smooth and unwrinkled, but aged beyond even the age of the witches. She had seen thousands of years pass, and the cruelty and misery of all of them had formed the hateful expression on her features. But as the travelers saw her more clearly, she became even more repulsive. Her eye sockets were clotted with filthy slime, and the redness of her lips was caked and crusted, as if she had vomited ancient blood again and again. Her matted, filthy black hair hung down to her shoulders. Her jagged claws gripped the stone fiercely. Her powerful wings folded along her back, and a drift of putrescent stink wafted from her every time she moved. So right off the bat, I don't see any stink clouds, <laughs> first of all, so I'm a little mad. I'm just kidding. But I, I do think the face looks nothing like this. It really doesn't. And again, like I get it. There's only so much people can do. Uh, but also, uh, I guess, you know, it is kind of still a children's ask story and maybe they did not want to give us like you know the full-on like too gross booby birds yeah that's give true us the there are boobies birds. though like that part is good if you watch the body it does have boobies she got titties. oh okay i'll have to rewatch i'll have to rewatch and look because when nips. you had messaged me complaining and so i went to look back at it immediately <laughs> and i was you like i don't know about the face but the i was like bird boobs yeah, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with Eliana? So much. Well, how could she complain? <laughs> and that's for sure. So I go back to look at it, and, and I did see the titties. Oh, okay. Um, in fact, you know how the cliff ghasts are, like, when you saw the few in Series 2 mm-hmm. that were, like, in the mountain and moving, and you could kind of see they looked like they were wrapped in nylon? Mm-hmm. Whomever, they are 
whoever whoever wrapped in like nylon whoever's playing the harpy has like a nylon bodysuit on it's defo like there's some boobies under there i can see them <laughs> i can see them yeah i mean and again like it's just like my own personal you know we we have our fantasies we have our things uh and i'm fine with the way that it is but i miss it and also yeah i hope we get cliff gas again this season now that you mentioned them you know i love the cliff gas and i like the way i actually them. think they are in there though. okay in the trailer i missed them yeah there's another shot that i think could easily be looked at as another harpy it's not i think it's a cliff gassed up close oh. it's very ugly exciting yeah i love them those little muppets me too i love the mops so we see the authority gathering soldiers. Daddy McPhail is being suited up in mm. the trappings of power. It's a, It looks like it's going to be a great scene. And then my biggest piece of controversy <laughs> to talk about is this Father is your, This is, is your so thing. fucking fine. Why is that man so good looking? Why did they cast a hottie for a colonizer? This is really conflicting for me because Father Gomez is not supposed to be this fucking fine. But there he is. He's got a gun. He's suited up. And then Ruta Scotty is talking over them about how much they suck. And we get a shot of her again. Yeah, that's right. Ruta Scotty is also, and absolutely, absolutely. I, they did cast someone really attractive. And I guess, is it supposed to make us feel conflicted? Probably not. I think it's probably just some Hollywood, but not Hollywood. Because this takes place in the UK where they're, I guess, doing production. Well, I'm conflicted. Still, like, yeah, you've stopped I calling him conflicted. Father Gomez. I guess his official name now is just Daddy Gomez. It's just Daddy Gomez. God. <sighs> and it's not the only shot of him. Like, there's another yeah. shot of him in this trailer, and he's got a gun there, and you know he's trying to shoot some Mulefa. Or, uh, or, our, the, or our the friends, are gone. Will and Lyra. Or Will and Lyra. Yeah, shit. But he's just so fly. I don't know what happened here. Asriel and his people are holding their guns up to a hovering intention craft. I imagine that is Marisa, maybe, stealing Absolutely. said intention craft. Good for you, girl. <laughs> That's my girl. Do crimes. Miri is holding up that piece of lacquered amber. Yes. Right? That's a... That's exciting. She's gonna see some dust fall. I can't wait to see what's on the other side of that camera. We get a shot of Will walking across an empty plane. And then... We get a shot of Lyra and Will holding one another very close and crying. I'm crying. It looks to be in a path of trees, a cleared path. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. You know the other shot? Later they show another shot, and the shot they show is them. And in the corner you see two demons cuddling. I saw. Well. Did you see that uh, one? I did. did you see that? That's the one I think I screenshot okay? for the final rebellion. We'll We'll get... We'll talk about it, but uh, it's hurtful. They're already hurting us. Yeah, it's... Uh, I can't believe... Like I said, there's so much in plain sight in this trailer, and Kerjava in her form is right there. And Pan. Wow. It, uh, they were curled up as cats. They know we know what the story is, and they know that we're fine seeing it, and this is what we want. We want to see the things that we're excited to finally see adapted, and to have our hearts broken, because that's apparently why we like the series. <laughs> It's funny because there are some things that they really simplified. Like, the next shot is of the knife breaking. Will has the knife and it breaks. And that is a huge thing. But it's more the reason why, right? So as a TV watcher, if you're just watching this for that part to see the events unfold, you know, if you haven't read the books, you don't understand that the 
the fact that they get there to where the knife breaks. Everything right up to it is so stressful. I'm, and then it breaks. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, God. So I'm not, like, mad they're showing all these things, because to me, the stuff that matters is actually what gets them to the knife breaking, and Will breaking that is, like, ah, what a tense chapter in the book. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm just, uh, I'm actually, like, like I said, I'm happy about it. I'm like, it's there. It's there. Uh, It just feels good. confirmation. To, you know, see people that, like, care about the story and want to make a good Mm -hmm. story and adapt it and things like that. And also, I wonder if that's the first knife breaking. I would imagine that is the first one. And that's, you know, we're going to see him and Marisa have some confrontation, I think, which I'm excited about. He's like, oh my god, Lyra's mom is a MILF. Is Lyra going to be a MILF? (laughs) He's like, damn, she already starting to look like a MILF. She MILFy. Uh, don't say that. She's so young. She just got maybe out of those labor laws. <laughs> God. Someone is... There's a shaman shot. Do you know who this is? I'm not sure. There's somebody that must be a shaman. They're meditating and they open their eyes and their eyes are blank. No iris, no pupil. Who is this? What if it's her death? Or someone's death? Oh, someone's death, maybe. But I was also okay. thinking, because we were just talking recently in the context of A Song of Ice and Fire, but it also is absolutely apt for this specific book, for His Dark Materials, uh, book three, The Amber Spyglass, of T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. But also, I mean, this is an Odyssey book, right? Like, the the eyes being white and blank is kind of reminiscent of this idea of having of that blindness and and mystical things going around it and reminds me a little of like Tiresias as well. Um, it could be that's a good point too with Tiresias. It could actually be Will and Yorick. So the shot of the boat that we get with Yorick in the back, I believe that might be Will and Yorick. Uh, we get the part where. Yorick comes to Will, and they're trying to figure out the knife, right? And there is a shaman that they speak to. Hold on. Oh, this could be the one that Ama goes to? This is when they're in the forest in the valley. Yeah, it's, uh... Will sat on a rock reading the map. If he was right, the valley where Lyra was being held captive, according to the shaman, lay some way to the east and the south, and the best way there led through a place called Sun-Chen. Yeah, that's that that makes sense. That's Yeah, so it's him and Yorick maybe seeking they seek the shaman to tell them where to find Lyra. Yeah. Curious. Cuz I'm guessing also a lot of these shots besides the ones that are quite obviously from some of the later plot points, a lot of the filler shots that we do get a look at might be earlier episodes. Well, that's cool that um they decided to show that Lyra promises to find Will horrible it's a horrible thing horrible thing happening to us and uh pan is really cute in the next shot i just had to point out being real cute looks like an air mine maybe in this shot or a stoat something along those lines and then there's a shot and this one i had to watch over and over slowly just to make sure of so we get to see the galavespians just barely Asriel and them burst into a room and they're about to fight it looks like however if you pause it just briefly you can see it's not just two Galavespians. There are three Galavespians. Three. So Selmachia, Roke, and we get our third? Because I thought we were getting cut. I thought we were only going to get maybe 
Tialis and Selmachia, but it sounds like we might even get Lord Roke if there's three of them right here. Well, it would be Tialis, there's Tialis, Selmachia, Roke, and there's one more whose name, remember, we forgot she existed until we got back to her. She takes over after Roke. And we still don't remember her name. Uh, no, 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 no. I actually really very much know it. Do you? It's Madame Oxentiel. Yes. Her name is Madame Oxentiel. I was more surprised that we got to see three of them in general, though. And also, I don't know if you caught this, but it looks like they have wings now. Hmm. Instead of having dragonflies, they just gave the Galavespians wings, which is kind of smart. I think it could be a lot to have to also animate the dragonflies constantly, so... Yeah, I'm just curious then how they'll how they'll adapt some of those things of the dragonflies sort of being a parallel for the demons yeah. in a way, but not exactly, as well as, I guess... And also the eggs and their lives, like, meaning yeah. that they die. Did they, does that mean, I guess, they... It's a similar solution that they found to working with the witches, right? Like, instead of having them mm-hmm. use cloud pine to fly upon... It's their veins. Yeah, so they did the same thing here in which they just integrate it into the actual uh, person. I think it'll work fine. Um, I- I'm a bum Me just because I really like the dragonflies, but I think yeah, it will I mean, work I'm sure it's fine. I'm just like curious how it works on that story aspect again as well. And, uh, you know, the part where they're like... It was interesting because the Gala Vespians were also feeding the dragonflies off of their own blood. Mm-hmm. So... They're much more like little fairies now, as opposed to um, feeling kind of like the the Lilliputians, I guess. Is that the, if I'm remembering the term correctly? You know, uh, Thumbelina, we've talked about with them. I guess it works. It's just one of the, it's just like how they've taken out the middleman of the Dua Lipa, the Tualaki. <laughs> yeah, which... They've cut them, which it know, makes sense, I it's, guess fine, it's fine. I'm but... just bummed because I think they're hilarious. They're like, oh my god, the evil birds. <laughs> honk, honk, honk. Like the duck with the uh, imagine, lasers yeah, in his eyes. Like Terminator honk. Aflac duck. Or goose. Terminator Aflac Duolipa. Father McPhail in the next shot in the trailer is in front of a painted wall that seems to have Adam and Eve on it. Hmm. Must mean yeah, something. Yeah, there's a lot Must of frescoes in chapels, which, um, you know, they're mural paintings that were laid on the wet plaster. Uh, and this one actually reminds me a little. I'm not sure if the one that they're in front of is, in fact, a real one and they're filming on location. My art history knowledge does not go far enough to. If anyone can identify it, please tell us exactly which one it is. But it does remind me of one version of this painting slash fresco by Masolino, The Temptation of Adam and Eve, which is in the Brancacci Chapel. And actually opposite it, or close to this panel is, and not opposite, opposite it and painted close to the same time was The Expulsion of Adam and Eve from Eden by Masaccio. So that's what the story is about. That's what this entire story is about. <laughs> that's so interesting. I actually didn't know that about how those are dealt with. Yeah, so, um, like I said, like, this is not... I don't know if this one's a re- one that I, like, just don't know, but it is painted very much within the same conventions with the same sort of imagery as a lot of the Adam and Eve frescoes and other paintings and depictions of them from, especially, like, that, like, the 1400s or, like, early Renaissance-ish time. Uh, as 
especially with the way the serpent is depicted, um, close to and twining around, like, not all, it's not always around Eve, sometimes it's around the tree, but, you know, of course, then you have the tree, and then Eve's on the right, Adam on the left, and, uh, this one by Masalina, though, interestingly, the serpent has the head of, it looks like, a human woman, speaking of putting head people's heads on animals oh interesting which we know because yeah we've read the books (laughs) but this one is different right they're separated by i guess the window which is cool looking oh a window ah they're separated oh my god this is fucked up i hate Ah. life okay how well framed and sad holy shit i can't believe (laughs) you've done this to us we did we did this to us we get a shot of Coulter running down the halls of the Magisterium, which leads to the bomb and a great flash of light. Uh, I can't believe the bomb is, like, right there. Like, there's, again, so much in this trailer. Asriel plans to crumble the Magisterium, and after he says that, we get a bunch of shots. Mm-hmm. The trailer starts to move through hyperspeed. If you haven't put it on slow-mo, you might miss a few things. Yeah, we have lots of crashing, lots and lots of action. They're hyping it up. Uh, We've got the Zeppelin and and Intention Craft. We have Will and Lyra in a dark place, perhaps both emotionally and physically. We have Cliff Gas screaming. Uh, We have Asriel and Mrs. Coulter at a window with algorithms on it and pulling levers. Uh, He loves, I guess, writing on windows. We have Lyra probably falling into the abyss, it looks like, and Will looking upset, understandably. And then you have, oh yeah, it's even like lit up behind it, which is cool. Now that I think about it. Mrs. Coulter and her locket of Lyra's hair, which is being held by the Magisterium. And you have Will and Lyra crying and embracing one another, while Kurjava and Pan are also embracing in a corner. Oh my god. I can't believe. I cannot believe. Um, wow, two I demons. Know. What a spoiler. And, well, a they're, spoiler. I guess, like, shadowed. I can't but believe They're it. there. Blink and you'll miss it. Well, and you know cats, like, when they snuggle, too, I know you can't now, really tell, true. like, between. Yeah, they, like, become one. Like, my cats, sometimes they just look like a swirl of ice cream when they sleep together. It's very cute. Like, vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Oop, I love that together. with this trailer, and also, I mean, the books do this, too, right? They kind of fake you out. They're like the final rebellion, and you think it's the war, but it's this. It's Will and Lyra holding each other and, and picking and, and learning to love. That's the final rebellion. Because they win the war. At what cost? But they win the yeah. war-ish for now. Yeah. For now. Until everything's undone and they have to fight the Magisterium and yeah. evil one more time. That's called the, the real Books rebellion of Dust. Is, choose, is learning uh, to enjoy one another and love, and that's what brings the dust back. But also then, it's it's not just that, though, right? As they learn, it's doing their duty to the world so that everybody can live in the that's world true. and live and live, love, laugh, love. And laugh and pray and eat. <laughs> Pray eat. <laughs> we have a shot of Will screaming in the woods. We switch over to the intention craft speeding into the foggy darkness until lightning strikes the sky. And for a millisecond, you yeah. see the clouded mountain, which looks so fucking metal. Oh, my God. Ah, the fog all around it. If you just see it with the clouds moving around it, you almost don't see it. But that lightning strike. Chills. Yeah, I, I like that you called out it was the clouded mountain because when I was staring at it, I was so confused because the visual language of it reminds me of Chittagatse, right? Especially the first times we see it. So I was like, what is this? Yeah, no, absolutely. It kind of looks similar to Chittagatse, which 
is kind of interesting, like, as a design choice to bring the eye to it, right? To bring our eye to it as people. Like, you were already in kind of an island where the everything right here on this little peninsula was supposed to be a beautiful little place where everything was happy, but it was swirling with specters. And here, it's swirling with yeah. fallen angels. Almost makes you think of, I think you were talking about the Tower of Babel when we were covering Chittagatse, either in the books or in the show. And if then Chittagatse was inspired by like within the world right they were trying to emulate the clouded mountain yeah and it it's supposed to i mean it was movable before right like you always talk about the idea of the movable garden but this is this is a movable villain lair is what this one is yeah and it's Howl's moving castle but bad, but bad very bad and they actually <laughs> intended in the books right they at the beginning of this book they talk about how they want the authority wants to move this to a permanent citadel somewhere else and turn the mountain into an engine of war basically opposite of mm. Asriel's engine of war that he's been creating so this Great is its point. uh Great what point. its final resting place yeah well, we're almost to the final resting place of this trailer because we said this episode was going to be a half hour, but here we are at 52 minutes. The penultimate shot is a field of witches in the sky with the intention craft at the center, surrounded by lights, which appear to probably be angels. Yes, I almost missed it. The first time I watched it, I, I had to watch it like over and over because I'm like, wait, what are all these lights? And then I'm like, oh, duh, those are fucking angels, probably in their truest form. Yeah, it's what's... Fascinating is like, do they change color based on their own intentions or something? Because Ooh. they're, is it because of the way that the lighting is around them, or do they do that? Because they re they kind of seem to illuminate as blue, right, in the other shots. But here, obviously, it's like orangey red, which we associate with aggression. Yeah, maybe they are reflecting what's surrounding them in other areas we can't oh, see, yeah. like you know, reflecting light and color. Maybe it's fire or something in front of them. That's interesting. It's a lot of fire. Fire inside and fire on the outside. And then, okay, so if you're like me, you may have just turned the fucking trailer off after this. You might have been like, ah, oh, that was cool. Nice trailer. Goodbye. Which I did. And everybody no. kept saying, oh my god, Lee Scoresby's back. Oh my god, Lee Scoresby's back. And I'm like, where? Where the fuck is this guy? What are you talking about? How did I miss him? I watched this on 0.25x like four times. What are you telling me that I missed Lee Scoresby? Yes, there's a scene. Oh my god. There's a post-credits credit scene of Lee Scoresby. I'm the annoying person who makes everyone stay after the movie, but now I've learned I can just search on my phone if there's a post-credits scene. But I'm the person who would make everyone stay and be like, we have to see if there's a post-credits scene. You're talking to the girl who's like sat through every She-Hulk to the end of the credits, and they haven't done them in like two to three weeks. <sighs> oh my god, you're right, they haven't. I, I just fast-forward it. I'm like, go to the credits, because I can do that. Yeah, they're killing at me. At home. They're absolutely killing me with that. But yeah, Lee Scoresby's there. He goes, well, I'll be damned or something like that. And actually, that is true, right? That is actually what the land of the dead is until Lyra and Will fix it. Damnation. Damnation. It is a damnation. You're right. A goddamn nation. Literally. Or Metatron damnation. Because the authorities just chilling in a little crystal bubble. Yeah, I really look forward to seeing... The crystal bubble. I want to see the crystal really badly. The carriage. Yeah. I uh, I like the look of everything. I do. I think it's actually gritty, but not in a too gritty try-hard way. A little edgy for the third season compared to the first two. It looks like they are definitely 
leaning in on kind of the darker look to a lot of things, because this book is dark. It is. Even the aesthetics within the book, a lot of it is described as darkness. I mean, you're literally in the land of the dead. Everyone assumes that's dark. But it they do seem to be balancing it. We do see shots of some of the other places, right? That uh, Especially like the world of the Malefa is probably going to be bright. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's going to be warmer. Definitely lots of warmth. Vibrancy. But I was kind of surprised, even the shot of Mary Malone in the tree, which I would suppose is there, is not very warm. It looks very stormy and dark. I wonder if it's just because it's nighttime and that way you can like illuminate and make things look more magical because she does have that. I don't know if this is that same moment, right? Because remember, we were Mm -hmm. analyzing that time when she like goes and she meditates and things like. I forgot what she said. I I know that we really love this line of like it matters because I don't know life matters or some shit like that um and that does take place at nighttime that's true that's true it could just be dark or getting darker and also i mean the colors the contrast in that shot of her with the lacquer with the amber spyglass lacquer i think that's important too i think that they wanted the the amber of it all to really show yes yes overall i'm very excited uh this this reignited the excitement for me. I know December is still a couple of months off, thankfully. Thank God. Oh my God. But <laughs> couldn't come soon enough. Like, I'm still excited. But I'm also very sad. I, I don't know how to feel about it ending within a month. And I am a That's little also disappointed. That's how I feel. Like, I'm excited, but I'm worried about them rushing it. Why is it? Why are they, like, doing that? But actually, a lot of shows, I guess, do that nowadays, right? They release two episodes at a time. But I'm not really sure I understand the choice for it with these two. Maybe they're testing it out. Testing out that method. But also, I'm stressed about it being in December. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do have to be real and say that it is disappointing to me that we are two months from air date. And there's been no marketing until now for the final season. And now they're rushing the very final season into a one-month time span with barely any marketing put into it. It It's disappointing to me because it does feel like something you think they would try to care about for the end. Especially with all of the hard work that we've seen some of the staff put in on this show. I don't really know. Yeah, I agree. I wish that there had been like a little more care also into into marketing this. As you said, the people behind this show, they are putting a lot of work into it. They clearly love the story. Working on the show, I assume they love working on it and also just uh, adapting it, right? And and trying to give it care and I understand that they wanted to put a lot of that behind House of the Dragon and my hope slash assumption is that they are trying to convert some of the audiences from House of the Dragon and use it for advertising his drag materials especially now that the trailer is out and uh putting it you know in front of the next few episodes of House of the Dragon but I hope they do, because that's, like, your one place right now to siphon people off to after House of the Dragon. Like, I'm I'm kind of, I, I, and maybe that's part of it, right? House of the Dragon ends in two, three weeks, so that's smart in some aspects. Now people can focus on what are we going to watch after House of the Dragon, um, but I don't know, I still feel 
like it deserved a lot more advertising. And that's not in control of the people that make the show necessarily, right? What resources they get and don't get from their production companies. But I'm no, disappointed all the not. same. I'm still obviously going to watch it 80 times. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on internally at BBC, but we've definitely heard, you know, and not like us personally, right? But just like, you can see that there's been a lot of upheaval internally at HBO with the merger. They're like getting rid of their animation teams and there's a lot of uh, stuff happening behind the scenes. So was there just not the capacity to to publicize this show? Which is, again, really sad that this ended up kind of being... Sh there, it, it wasn't necessarily shafted. We don't know yet. Like, hopefully um, people come and they watch this, but... But it has been this yeah. whole time. Like, first it was shafted due to COVID, and now it's gotten shafted due to this. Like, it's a great adaptation with amazing FX and great, I mean, from the set design, the costume design, the props, the, the puppetry, well, yeah. the acting, it's masterclass on writing, acting, all of that alone. It's a beautiful show. Uh, obviously, if you love the books, then you have a different tender love for it, I think, than others. But it's still a decent show, even if you're just background watching it, hanging out, want to watch a fantasy show. So it is disappointing to me because I do think that because of time, because of everything happening in the world, it got fucked. And I mean, I'll leave you with this as my last sentiment on that. In the panel, the NYCC panel this week, where they showed this teaser, they said... Keep watching and rewatching and restreaming and streaming his dark materials, so we have a chance at the secret. Oh, Conwell. really? So there, it, it there when is your a creators chance. of your show say that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I will definitely hmm. be rewatching the first few seasons prior to season three, which I am stressed about uh, trying to trying to access and watch. But yeah, I'm just gonna stream it on repeat all week. You all do the same. Just, you know, series one, series two, series three, background, watch that crap for eight years, yeah. I guess. Even if it gives us Malcolm Polstad, I'll do it. It's actually you know? probably a good idea to do so because we can, you know, we've seen that they are, they are putting a lot of care also into, you know, the cinematography and having it call back to other scenes and things like that and using, again, the visuals to be part of and tell the story. The window between Adam and Eve. Okay. Oh my god. All the same, I'm very excited for Series 3 to watch it with you all. We will be back and covering those episodes weekly as they drop, so stay tuned to the Girls Gone Canon feed for more HDM. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I've been another one of your hosts, Eliana, and if you want to... You know, keep up with our coverage. Be sure to check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter at twitter.com slash girlsconcanon. That's C-A-N-O-N. Or subscribe to us on any of the streaming platforms near you. That's girlsgonecanon, C-A-N-O-N. Yes, and if you want to drop a little change in the bucket, head over to patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon, where patrons in the stranger tier and above monthly get bonus episodes. We often do His Dark Materials bonus episodes, including the novellas. We have covered all of the novellas at this point. A few of them are released for public, but all of them are available for patrons in that tier. And we also have a very active Discord community for those in the Thunder tier or the $10 tier and up. You get a lifetime, quote-unquote, access to our Discord server, as well as weekly events, monthly events. Like this Sunday, we'll be discussing the trailer with a bunch of our friends, hosted by our buddy Cassidy. 
And we look forward to seeing some of you there. Bye. Bye.